0: I'm Leah Simone Bowen, the host of Podcast Playlist on CBC. We're a podcast discovery show, and we love a great story. So each week, we highlight the podcast we think you should check out.
1: The show is a classic. Love how they select their topics.
0: It's great. And from time to time, we're joined by some of the biggest names in podcasting. My name is Jamie Loftus. John Green. I'm Michael Hobbs. My name is Nicole Bayer. And I have a podcast recommendation. You can find podcast playlist on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This
2: is a CBC podcast.
0: I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Uh, so if I ask you... Slow dance at high school. What song starts playing in your head? For me, it is One Sweet Day, Boyz II Men and Mariah Carey. Uh, But it's not just high school dances. It's weddings, funerals, births, road trips. For the Quebecois artist, Alyssa P, she has 10 of these types of songs that really evoke deep, deep nostalgic memories. And she's taken them and made an album of them. And on the surface, this is an album of covers of classics by Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Cindy Lauper. But here's the thing: Elisa P, who is Inuk, translated each song to Inuktitut, her language that she was surrounded by as a young girl growing up in Salit, Quebec. Have a listen. <laughs> That's a bit of Ma, Alyssa P.'s cover of the big Cyndi Lauper hit, Time After Time. Alyssa P. herself has referred to these songs as an emotional autobiography. And earlier this year, she joined Tom Power in the studio to talk about it. Here's their conversation. Hi, how are you? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: I'm I'm very good.
2: Nice to have you here.
1: Nice to to be here with you. Yeah, I know. It's so nice
2: to talk to you in real life and not just on the internet.
1: Yeah, on Instagram. Tom, can you help me, please? Can you find Robert Plant? Uh,
2: You were trying to get me to track down. I mean, we were trying to figure out how to make... Because you were telling me about this record, I think, like two years ago. Yeah, Yeah, you were trying to do something like that. Because
1: I've been making this album... uh, Well, I... Been preparing it slowly because I had to translate them and also try to figure out how I'm gonna get all the music rights because when you re- um, when you re reinterpretation yeah, yeah. Um, when you change to another language it becomes a whole complicated thing with the publishers and everything but we managed to get Robert Plant um, a year after we recorded the album we gave ourselves a whole year just to make sure we have everybody because it's a bit complicated um, Rolling Stones not not Cindy Lauper uh, Fleetwood Mac Debbie Harry uh, Debbie Harry they uh, Metallica right away they were like yes uh. Cool, right? But I think Robert and Jimmy are a little bit harder to to reach. So mm-hmm. That's why I was like, okay, who do I know? If who anyone, if anyone people? has
2: contacted Led Zeppelin, it's the guy from Newfoundland.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of in plaid shirt, of course. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you've interviewed him. I Let's have. See, yeah, I've I've met, he sat. It. He sat right where you are oh right now. Oh my god, amazing! Uh, yeah. You must have changed overnight. Like you were a whole do- different person, right? Yeah,
2: I, I mean Led Zeppelin. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, I joined the band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is my last interview. In your head. Yeah, in my in your heart <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't know the story, yeah. uh, but my understanding of the story is uh, this record came to you while you were jogging or something like
1: yes. that? Yes. Pandemic. I had to find a way to find my sanity a little bit, you know, kids at home and... And I was like, well, I'm not in the mood to write my own music yet. So I said, oh, maybe I'm just going to do my, li- my little project I've been wanting to do since forever is to sing songs that are dear to me. That reminds us of, you know, our, our, our memories when we were kids. Mm. So it was like a gift I wanted to do to my family, to myself. And I was like, why am I crying, first of all, to an ABBA song or a Blondie song? And then I realized there's stuff there that I have to dig. And that's what I started doing. And it became really interesting. I felt very alive all of a sudden.
2: Did the emotion come through the translation, too, like translating these songs into (gasps) an 82?
1: Oh, yeah. It's another layer. For instance, um, I didn't really want to do Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Mm Because, you know, everyone's listened to this song probably in their young life and, you know, smoking weed and whatever, you know, pretending to be with Pink Floyd. Um, And I was like, it's so easy in a way. I should maybe choose another song. So I gave it another try. I went for my jogging two days later and I was like, is it going to stir up something really or not? So I'll, you know, eliminate it. And it did. (laughs) And then I realized this song was really about um, young kids um, trying to deal with the loss of a cousin who committed suicide. Mm. So this was a song we would put on uh, often. Mm. So I started feeling those emotions again, and I felt like they've been stuck in my body for for so long. I didn't even know they were still there. Mm. So it became a whole new thing when I translated again and even more like whoa, this is heavy, you know?
3: But why, it became, why
2: even heavier when you translate it?
1: Because the words uh, were just lost, so swimming in a fishbowl yeah. year after year. Yeah. Um, when you really try to find the meaning of that in Inuktitut, you realize these really did make sense for us, you know? they really were like almost like inuit songs in english but now i'm yeah
2: That so they did they, well, I, help me understand that a little bit better um so like you for, you 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 would you, you knew them in english growing up yes, you knew these of songs course, in english yeah. growing up and when you translated them to inuktitut you said like oh i i i understand them even better now yes okay. it's
1: like i i realized that they were they really meant something for all of us you know um, now I just have to dig a little further more and to make them even more understandable. So that's how I'm hoping that my cousins, when they'll hear it, they'll be like, "Oh, because English is not our first language, yeah, right?" So yeah. I'm hoping they're going to listen to it and be like, "Oh, that's why I love this song so much." I understand perfectly now. Yeah, that's beautiful.
2: Why don't we, why don't yeah. we listen to something together? Okay. Okay, let's do that.
1: Uh, super,
2: That is Umati Ananasimat by Elisipi. It's her cover of Blondie's Heart of Glass. What comes to mind when you hear that?
1: When I hear it? I I, I I don't know why I get emotional, you know, is,
2: because there's... Is there a memory with that song? If, if, you, if you want to, by the way, you don't feel like you have to...
1: Oh, of course, of course I want to. I'm <laughs> like, it's a good memory. Um, I was about maybe four or five years old. We uh-huh. would go to this small town in near my hometown, where my adoptive family are originally from because we were all from different places until we were located relocated to towns, mm. which um, we were nomads, of course. So we'd visit there and then it's uh, early summer and we end up at this little dance hall um, with bunch of kids who are my babysitters. And this song comes on. It's like in the movie, you know, this song comes on and all of a sudden there is legs and <laughs> butts and <laughs> hips and moving and I'm long hair um it's this is like early 80s and they're dancing to this song and I'm I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Um, Also, this time, uh, this is early 80s, where there's still no suicides in the north, um, where things are so fresh and new and modern, because before that, you know, my, my town wasn't even a town in the 60s, right? So everything was so exciting. That's how it felt like. So that's my memory of this song. And yeah, it's joyful, but yet there's a lot of innocence before maybe the hardships that comes pretty soon after.
3: Yeah,
2: I hear what you're saying there, that you you look back and you hear these You feel these beautiful memories of carelessness and and, and loveliness and and dancing and innocence. Um, And then, but it's also tinged with this knowledge that that's not going to last, you know, that that there's... sadness and and trauma uh, to come
1: a lot of sadness yeah because of what had happened before this is like yeah because you know um residential school survivors um there are are you know grandfathers who are trying to figure out how they're gonna live in this and educate their kids in this environment Mm um yeah, it's just so... It's just full of beauty just mm. when I see this image. Yeah.
2: The, the, this, this, this moment, this moment mm. of beauty. And Debbie Harry wrote you? Yes!
1: The Debbie after, Harry from Blondie,
2: I should say, who's responsible yeah, for that song?
1: Deborah, she signed. Uh, she wrote me an email through her management, my management, and she said, Elisabeth, this is very beautiful. I'm, I'm really happy and honored you took this song and I watched the video. It's really lovely. Congrats. And, mm. and I'm like, What? And Metallica shared the video also, so it's it's been it's been nice to know that a few of them actually saw it because you know it's they're they're all busy, mm. very popular people. Yeah, what do they have to do?
2: Uh, what are they doing all day? Give me a break.
1: <laughs> it's there. It's not them who are complicated to 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 to, to reach. It's the entourage, mm. you know.
2: Let's let's listen to something else. Uh. me out, uh, Alyssa P.'s take on the Rolling Stones' wild horses.
1: I love how you say them. Thank you. On you the, say it very well, the uh, Inuktitut version. Yeah. I'm very
2: uh, lucky that when I was in uh, Nunavut, I, I sat down with yes. uh, Pauline Pemick and she sat down. You know, she's a great CBC broadcaster yes, there, yes, and she of sort of course. drilled my Inuktitut into Inuk- uh, me a little bit. And to say yeah. It's pretty good too. Oh I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I
3: hear
1: that. <laughs> That's really hard to to do. I tried to teach my musicians very late at night. It works better, but the next day it's like what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, that means a lot. Thank
2: you very much. Tell me um tell me about uh, what memories associated with that one.
1: With this one, I um, I had a I was a teenager. I had a I can't really say which job I had because we're kind of kind of we're going to Maybe back home, they're going to be, oh, you're talking about this person. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, so we were working, hanging out, a summer job. And then my friend, um, he was a bit down during the break. And sometimes I'd notice when he was a bit down, he would listen to this song. Um, And then I realized, okay, when I went for my jogging, I realized, why is it staring something in me? You know, wild horses. It's beautiful, yes, but... I was like, oh, I realize, now I remember. He had issues with his dad. That's why he was, it was, you know, as a young man, having issues with your dad, being afraid of your dad, but yet loving him is must be very challenging, you know? It's challenging for girls, but I think even more for our young mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I re- And I just felt like, oh, this is so, he was sad. This is so sad. And I realized... We were all a bunch of sad kids mm. in a way. And it's not totally true. We were happy kids too. But there are sad moments that started reappearing when I was listening to these songs. So I just decided we need to do that one.
2: What, what do you do when you're in the studio and these things get a little painful? Like are you and these memories get painful? Is there anything? You looking, I can't
1: do anything. Yeah. I can't do anything. What I do, um, what I've been doing for this album is I sat down with Joe, who is my producer, Robbie Cooster on the drums, and Pierre on the engineering. I told them the first week, the first day, I said, okay, we're going to do this song. Here's the situation with this one. Here are my emotions. Here's the story behind it. Just so they can have a really understanding if they want to go there, just so they're, you know, it lives in them. They were just, oh, okay. This is, this is heavier than what I thought. It's not heavy, but it's very charged with emotion. So I just cried, like I just re- literally collapsed the first day, the second day, and I'm like, okay, I'll have to find a way to not do that because I can't lose my energy. But it was, um, yeah. It's almost like ge- being given a chance to just release them yeah. for once, and I feel so free. I feel like when I listen to um, "Wild Horses" or um, "Wish You Were Here," there's lightness and there's beauty, you know. So Uh, I'm I'm
2: glad you were able to shed some of that through 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 music and through performance. Let's (gasps) let's listen to one more. (laughs) Sumagin <laughs> Elizabeth's take on the Metallica ballad, The Unforgiven.
0: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. Uh,
2: this, I love this version oh, of it mm-hmm. um, because um, it's so different than the original Metallica version. Yeah. Um, uh, talk to me about this. Talk to me about why you decided to record this one. Mm. Talk to me about, about how you wanted to do it.
1: It just was the easiest to translate, by by the way. It was almost like an Inuk man story. It was almost like my father's story, my grandfather, because this, it's talking about a man mm-hmm. uh, dying uh, who's gone through this life where he has regrets because he wasn't really able to to really be himself, maybe, or to go to his essence to to who he was meant to be because of the pressure, of social pressure. Um, So in a way, it's almost like talking about the man who was, you know, colonized and, you know, who was just trying to, who was going through struggles. And uh, I wish, you know, I mean, yeah, when I listen to my mother, Eva, talking about this song, um, she's 72, 73, my Mm -hmm. biological mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She said the second time she heard it and when she saw the video clip that came with it, she was like, oh, I think if your stepdad was alive, he would have thought that you wrote the song for him. Mm. It's that, and she was like, I kept thinking. And I'm like, this is a 72-year-old Inuk woman listening to Metallica and saying, this is an Inuk story, this is an Inuk song. I'm like, wow.
2: Well, you know, it reminds me of this thing. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about the idea of there being like... Yeah, um, cover bands, and then there being like people who you know reinterpret music, and we were talking about the difference between, say, like a band that plays Thursday night at, at a bar mm, in Barrie, Ontario, mm-hmm, playing the hits, mm-hmm. and like uh, the Blind Boys of Alabama, you know, yeah. singing all gospel songs. Yeah, and one of the things, and one of the things I said to them was, you know, the. The difference really is, is that a great artist, through their reinterpretation, can bring things to the songs that you never thought of before, can make you appreciate the songs in a way you've never mm. thought, and make, make you think of things that you never thought of the first time you listened to them. And uh, this album does that like I've never, never heard any other. So really a beautiful, beautiful record, and thanks for coming in and talking to me about it. Thank you, Tom.
0: It really does. Everything Tom just said is true. This is such a cool album. It is called Inuktitut. It's out now. Uh, That was Tom's conversation with the artist, Elisa P. She's also on tour, and you can find dates for the new year on her website. That's elisap.com. That's it for this episode of the podcast, but there's another one, a brand new one, in your feed right now. It's Tom's conversation with Buddha Stretch, who is one of the pioneers of hip-hop Dance. I'll tell you about going from, from roller rinks and block parties to teaching people like Michael Jackson and Will Smith. And I'll also tell you about his curious name and what, what the concept, what the Buddhist concept of equanimity has to do with his dance practice. You can find that in your feed right now. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time.